Every Tuesday, our staff meets to talk about our mission, vision, and culture. We want to give you a peek behind the scenes about what makes up the heartbeat of Word of Life Church. So whether you're a leader, a ministry director, you serve on a team, or you're along for the ride in another way, we hope you are encouraged to lead well through this week's talk. Today, Pastor Tom's staff meeting Devo is called Trust and Respect, the Killers and Builders. Let's go. I'm glad that we're able to gather. Uh, I've hopefully got something that's going to be helpful. Um, and I'm really going to relate to you something that started um, not out of a church environment, or out of a ministry environment, but it was something that started while I was working in sales. I was working on Wall Street, working for a finance company, helping people with retirement planning. Um, I was terrible at it, but that is what I was doing for a while. Um, but the sales manager that I had was a really, really good guy. He was a good guy. He was honest. He was full of integrity. Um, I like him. I respect him. Uh, and I think he's a good good guy. But he would teach us, and one of the things that he would uh, go through with us is that when you're talking about sales, this isn't talking about ministry or church directly, this is talking about a sales team. He says that you need to be able to build with the people that you're trying to, uh, you're trying to work with, you're trying to help with their retirement planning and the different things that we were up to. You need to build a sense of trust and respect and like. So if you're going to work with people in a sales, in a professional business environment, they need to like you, they need to trust you, and they need to respect you. Now, the point that my sales manager, Bob, good guy, he was making is that we need to build this trust and respect, and people need to like us. But the temptation is that if things aren't going well, is that we focus on getting people to like us even more and more, so eventually they love us. And he says that there's a weakness to that. He's like, if that's how you're trying to build rapport with people, then there's a weakness to that, that if you're tr- all your focus and all your energy is on just getting people to love you, then you're going to miss the mark somewhere. Now, of course, that was business, and this is church and ministry. But that thought has stuck with me as I've worked with different teams in churches and been a part of different ministry areas. And this idea of um, you know, working with people and the things aren't going well on the team, the temptation is to try and get people to love us more. Now, we're a church, we're not a business, and so, of course, we want to love the people on our team, and we want of course, we want the people on our team to love each other. Remember the words from Jesus that your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So I'm not trying to belittle this idea that we need to have this love um, you know, among our teams and for the people that we're serving and for the people we're serving alongside. But what I want to hit on and some thoughts I hopefully will drop with you is that when things aren't going well on our teams, when things aren't as healthy as they should be, when there's uh, all kinds of th- things that we wish to avoid, things we wish to move beyond, things aren't going as they should, have an eye out and have a thought for how can we build a level of trust and respect on our teams. Of course, we want there to be a level of uh, liking each other. Of course, we want there to be a love for each other. But let's also have our eye out and have our thoughts in a place of how can we build a sense of trust and respect on our teams for each other and for the leadership that's in place. And so this idea of trust, there's a few different ways you can think about trust. One is the one that we all default to, and that's character. And the other is competency. Now, I've had the pleasure of living with Megan Wood for 13 years now, and I trust her character implicitly. But if I needed a serious surgery, I do not trust Megan to do the serious surgery, no matter how willing she may be. And I don't want her rushing to the kitchen to see what we have laying around that she can use to start carving me up. Doesn't matter how much character it has. In that moment, there's this trust in terms of competency. The other thing is respect, and you know, as we think about this idea of you know, respect, and especially when a kingdom-minded initiative and in a church environment, you know, what is it that respect? And I would say that it's providing people something to imitate. 
is that if we want people to respect us as leaders and we want to build up and train leaders and raise up leaders that are respectable, we want these to be people that are giving something to imitate us. Paul invites, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Are we leaders that are giving people something that is worthy of imitation? The second thing is that we're going somewhere that is worth going. If we want people to respect us, we want them to respect that we are indeed going somewhere and we're moving somewhere and we're moving towards something that is worth going to. And the world, uh, you know, outside of kingdom values will simplify this idea of respect is that respect means that they do what I say. And that's how the world has reduced this idea of respect. It's not necessarily that there's something to imitate. It's not that they're going somewhere that's worth going. But respect is understood to be, if people do what I say, people jump when I say jump, then I have a level of respect. And there's this, that false idea, even of an alpha male, this idea of, you know, yep, everyone's listening, everyone moves when I say move. The truth is, of course, that behind their back, everyone just talks about how much of a jerk you are. And everyone is making fun of what a moron you really are, even though you've convinced yourself that you've earned a whole bunch of respect. It's not a healthy and it's not a kingdom-minded approach to having the respect of people on your team. So what I want to hit on in the time that we have is I came up with five trust and respect killers, and I came up with five trust and respect builders. And I promise it was only a time constraint that limited it to five each. And you will see that we'll skip over some of these things that are worthy of spending more time in. And hopefully over the next few weeks and months, we'll have time to dig into some of these. And if you were to compile your own list, you would have more to add to these. But these were ones that really stood out to me that I thought was helpful sharing with you. So trust and respect killers. First one, excuses. Leaders that make excuses. Here's the harsh reality. No one believes you. No one believes you. People respect owning up to a dropped ball much more than my dog ate my homework. If you goofed up as a leader, guess what? You're not alone. Everyone on your team has goofed up somewhere. And unless they are a complete antagonistic, disagreeable human being, they will cut you slack. It is far better to own up rather than try and paper over the crack, rather than try and come up with some kind of excuse about what happened. People don't believe you anyway. So the first one is excuses. The second one is rudeness. Rudeness. A killer of trust and respect. Simply being rude, the fruit of the Spirit, one of which being described as kindness. And instead of that, resorting to rudeness, being short with people, letting your frustration eat into how we communicate eat into how we respond to things, being sure with people, letting our temper show, general rudeness. And we're definitely going to spend some time thinking more and more about communication, but rudeness turns people off instantly. It turns people off instantly. It is instantly a killer of respect. It is instantly a killer of trust from the people on your team. If we are short with them, if we are rude with them, especially if we don't circle back around and apologize, being rude with people is an instant killer of trust and consistency. Now, if we are rude with people, they may stay a part of the team. They may stick around and even get the work done. But being rude to people destroys trust and respect. Rudeness has no good place on this team, in this church, as we communicate with the people that we're serving alongside. No place at all. It is, it is contrary to the fruit of the Spirit, part of which is represented in kindness. It has no good place in kingdom-minded teams. Third thing, inconsistency. Inconsistency, and this is a big topic, but inconsistency in values, in temperament, in our tone, um, it, it sends all kinds of confusing messages and it breeds disrespect and distrust. 
Um, I've had uh, a pastor who had no connection to Word of Life at all, but tell me, as I was part of the staff pastoral team, that I had to treat the wealthy members of the church differently than the regular folks. Because we need to help, and I'm quoting, tip the needle to help get these folks tithing so that we could move forward in some of our initiatives. That encouraging of inconsistency. People are not stupid. They will observe who we are and are not taking out to lunch, who we are and are not spending time with, who we do and don't spend time with and invest our time with and give our ear to. People will observe this. And if it's always the people that drive the nice cars, people will observe that too. Doesn't matter that James completely contradicts that in his epistle. That kind of inconsistency, that's an extreme example, but inconsistency in tone, inconsistency in values. One week it's okay, the next week it's not. One week, this is how I'm feeling, the next week, this is how I'm feeling, no one quite knows what kind of mood you're going to be in when you come into the room. All those kind of things breed lack of trust and a lack of respect. The fourth one, and this is a giant topic, but unhelpful spirituality. Unhelpful spirituality. I said it was a giant topic, but the verse that came to our mind for this, Romans 12, 15, you'll know it well. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Or some translations, of course, rejoice with those that are rejoicing and weep with those that are weeping. And I'll be completely honest, I have a natural tendency to drift towards the positive. Um, You know, I'm not completely convinced that every silver lining has a cloud. And so if someone comes to me and they're having the worst day of my life, of their life, then my initial tendency is to just throw a bumper sticker Bible verse on it. Oh, come on, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, no? Why, why are we down? Don't be downcast, oh my soul. Unhelpful spirituality. A bumper sticker Bible verse to try and fix things. Uh, one word of, you know, oh, come on, God's in this. Turn that frown upside down. Yeah, that's helpful. That's real helpful on the worst day of your life. I'd far rather lean to Paul's advice from Romans. When someone's having the worst day, weep empathize, get alongside somebody. When someone's rejoicing, let them rejoice. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Don't be, oh, it's good now, but there's always a valley. Enjoy the mountaintop while it lasts. Who are these people? But anyway, (laughs) rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Weep with those that are weeping. Let that empathy, unhelpful spirituality is a killer of trust and respect. Fifth one, this is the fifth killer, laziness. Laziness, and I can say with a high degree of confidence, there is not a lazy person on our staff. You all work tirelessly. So this is certainly not trying to uh, be directed at anybody here. Um, But laziness is a killer of trust and respect. People observe it. People are not stupid. I've said this a few times today, but people are not stupid. If someone is making, you know, they're finding a reason to have to leave the work project to do something that should take three minutes and they're gone 20, people notice these things. Proverbs talks a ton about this, talks a ton about, uh, you know, laziness and just how, you know, just how disagreeable it is. And so this idea that, you know, the leader isn't pulling their weight. People do observe this. And when a leader is dumping stuff on people, like Megan spoke about last week when she talked about delegation, how can someone possibly feel loved and valued if they are just simply there, you go do this, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, twiddle my thumbs for 20 minutes while y'all are working and breaking a sweat. How are people supposed to respect that? How are people supposed to feel loved? How are people supposed to feel valued? There's no possible way. So I want to look now at five things. Trust and respect builders. These are five things. And again, if you were to spend any time at all giving thought to this, you would come up with a lot more than just these five. But these are five that stood out to me. So the first one is apologize quickly. 
Apologize quickly. If you mess up, chances are everyone knows it. Just apologize. If you drop the ball, just apologize. What they don't know is what you're gonna do about it. They know you messed up, but they don't know what's gonna happen next. They don't know what you're gonna do to fix it up. But if they see that you're confident enough to say, you know what, hey, that didn't happen, so I'm gonna do this, this, and this, that'll build so much trust and respect, far much more than just glossing over it or pretending it didn't happen or hoping nobody looks behind the curtain, glossing over things, but just owning up, and this is what we're gonna do about it, definitely will build far much more respect. Next one, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Of course, this is from the words of Jesus from Matthew 5. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Can your word be counted on? Is your word bulletproof? Is your word titanium? Do people know that if you say, yes, I'm going to do this, that they know that you're going to follow through? In parenting, Megan and I, we try to be very slow to use the P word with our kids. We don't like to say, I promise. Because we want to communicate to them that if mom and dad do promise, that we will deliver. We want them to have that confidence. And we're hoping that our teams also have that same confidence, that if we say, yeah, this is how it's going to go, this is what's going to happen, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to follow through, hopefully people can learn to count on that word. And if we prove ourselves time and time again that we are true to our word, we are true to our yes, and we are true to our no, that will build trust and respect. Third thing, value your weaknesses. Value your weaknesses. And what I mean by that is uh, I am a highly disorganized person. Um, it was a few years ago that it got to the point where Megan says, Tom, you need to get medicated for your ADHD. And I was like, I don't want to get medicated for my ADHD. And it finally got to the point of, Tom, you are going to get medicated for your ADHD or it's going to cause problems. And I'm glad that I did. But I'm a disorganization. I'm no good at it. So my temptation is to completely devalue organization and being organized. What I should do and what's healthy and what I'm hopefully learning is that even though I am disorganized, I value organization. And so I'm trying to look for people to be able to help me get organized. I'm hopefully disciplining myself to get to the point where my disorganization is not unacceptable. That's the hope. Another thing is that there are people that often are very organized, very structured, very linear thinking, tend to not be creative and tend to not be risk takers. There's a generalization, but oftentimes that's the case. So oftentimes those folks can devalue risk taking. They can devalue taking big steps of faith. They can devalue spending three hours brainstorming through a creative process. We need to, to be healthy and to build trust and respect from the people on our teams that will have all different array of gifts and weaknesses that we should accept. You know what? What I'm no good at, what you're no good at, it does have value. It does have its place. We cannot be a church and we cannot be an organization. We cannot have teams that where there's a type of strength and a type of weakness that we just accept has no value. We value this set of strengths and we devalue this set of weaknesses. Instead, we need to pull together and call out the giftings and the strengths in each and every one of us. And that only happens if we recognize that our weaknesses do have value. The fourth thing, fourth thing that builds trust and respect, be the same person in every room. Be the same person in every room. You may have heard me say one of the things that uh, I've always respected about my dad is that he was not one person at church and one person at home. Um, my dad is, is not a hypocrite. He was not a perfect person at home and he never pretended to be a perfect person at church. He was awesome at church and he was awesome at home. He never pretend, and I always respected that about my dad and hopefully that's a lesson that I've learned. Are you the same person in every room? 
do people sort of feel like, you know, when it's just us, Tom's real different than when he's with a crowd. That's a really horrible thing for people to feel, and that will communicate a sense of distrust and a sense of a lack of respect that people would have towards us. But what will build respect is that people, no matter what setting they're spending time with us, we are the same people with the same values, a level of consistency about our character. You know, if I were to go with Pastor Mike to a restaurant, I have no doubt in my mind that he would be an absolute delight to the waitstaff. Because this is who he is, and he's the same person in every room. And I think that that's the same for many of us. No matter what setting you put us in, are we the same people? Do we demonstrate the same kind of approach to life, the same respect for people? If we do, I do believe that that is going to build respect and trust within our teams. And the fifth thing, to build trust and respect, don't give up on people. Don't give up on people. Stick with people through thick and thin. Someone makes a mistake, someone completely derails their life. God hasn't written them off, so we're not going to write them off. Stick with people. And I believe that that will build trust and respect. If people know, you know what, if I completely blow up my life, I'm not going to be put to one side. I'm not going to be discarded. I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm not going to be looked down upon. I'm not going to be chastised. If people know, you know what, I can still come. I'm still going to get loved. I'm still going to be valued. I'm still going to be treated with dignity. If people have that level of confidence, even if they don't derail their lives, but they see that this is the kind of people we are, these are the kind of leaders that we are, I do believe that is going to strengthen trust and respect on our teams. So my two cents for today, problems on the team, look for ways to build trust and respect with one another. Of course, we are a church. We love people. We value people. But if we're facing problems, we're facing headaches, if things aren't going as they should, if there's some unhealth on the teams, let's not only look at ways to increase the love and the community on the team, but let's also have an idea of, okay, how can we build a sense of trust and respect on our teams? And I believe if we do that, good things are going to come. Come on, let's pray, everybody. Lord, please take something from this and use it for your purposes. Lord, take something from this, this idea about leadership and trying to uh, serve the teams that we're a part of and the different ministry areas that we have oversight over. Lord, I pray that you take it, you use it so that we can serve people better. We can serve people with your heart for them, with kingdom values and kingdom principles. Lord, we love you. We trust you. This is your church and we believe you have great things in front of us. And Lord, we, we are anticipating being a part of every bit of it. Thank you, Lord. Trust you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we hope that you were blessed and encouraged by today's talk. If you are a leader or a ministry director here at Word of Life, there are tons of resources available on our website. Head to wordoflifeag.org, go to the menu and tap on leaders. We'll be posting new episodes of this podcast every week. So be sure to subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next week.